You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. Good evening and welcome to another glorious Saturday. Now, it's glorious because, I mean, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez picked the full gear uh, pay-per-view for AEW correctly. But it's also glorious because you get to listen to the WrestleManiacs presented by the Sideline Junkies. As was mentioned before, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez is here. In the flesh. The big guy KG is here. In the flesh. Most definitely, most definitely. Been waiting all week for Saturday night. So, let's get it going. I guess you expected me to just go ahead and start gloating and all that, but I'm not. I'm not. I, but I I had it all set up. I know. Like, you, you were going to start gloating and I was going to be like, yeah. Do I, you I know what time it is? Tell me, do you know? I, you know, I had a, I had your whole song ready. I was going yeah, to do great after tonight. Just the oh, same here we go. But I can't go into that because history was made on another level. So if we're going to talk about, I mean, you know, we all know I pick the picks. So that's just the norm. But the abnormal is what was amazing. And the abnormal was the return of CM Punk to the WWE universe of some kind of some shape of some fashion even though on black and white pen and paper to the 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 legalese big wigs and lawyers and etc he is an employee of fox but to everybody fans alike smart marks etc he is in the wwe universe as an analyst uh contributor commentator personality it doesn't matter he came out the cult of personality on backstage and he cut a promo and let us know we were going to see him this upcoming week on backstage so what i would like to start the whole show off with is what i'm calling the punk effect and i want to get your opinion on how you think this is going to go kg because there has unfortunately been some I'm trying to think of what the most poetic way to put that is. Oh, yeah, stupid people that you can't please. And they're going to be, oh, but he, he sold out and he, he's only on the backstage show. Then there's other people like, hey, dummy, you've been chanting for him for like, what, five years at every potential time, every bad segment you chant for CM Punk. Now you get CM Punk and now you're not happy we got CM Punk in any fashion. So you just going to have those people. But the, the question I'm posing to you is, what are you expecting to get out of him being on a show, which at this moment, they have broken, or they're not following kayfabe, I won't say broken, but not following kayfabe. They're actually giving their opinions, I guess you can call that a safe place, I guess you can call Fox Switzerland based on how much money they spent, because they have talked about, like last week, 
uh, Delana Rusev angle was is a dumb angle is in essence what they agreed upon and how they didn't like it and you know they've they've had some liberties to say different things that was contrary to what if Vince McMahon was producing the show yeah um, some people on that show would be fired by now so what are you expecting from or what are your hopes not expecting because hopefully um, it it'll be the unexpected that we get but what are your hopes for CM Punk being a contributing partner to the backstage crew on Fox Sports Network or Fox Sports One? Well, first and foremost, anybody that thinks the Lana and Rusev uh, angle is dumb, you need to get your head checked, but we'll get into that later. Um, But what I'm hoping to see and what I'm pretty much expecting, slow build. I want to see him get his feet back under him wrestling-wise. Maybe get called out, and then all of a sudden he shows up in the ring. And I would love to see a battle between him and, and, and Samoa Joe. I mean, that that that's that's old-school Ring of Honor. They cut their chops together. But I, I, that's what I want to see, that him and Daniel Bryan. I, I mean, there's so many ways you can go. But Really? The first... No him versus Shane McMahon for the best in the world? No. No, not yet. Too soon. I I, I would wait. Because when, when, when are we going back to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> 12 months from now. <laughs> really? Maybe. I, thought yeah, I mean, they, they, they're at least good for one. So we could get two a year. I mean, it really all depends. But at a max, we've had two. At a minimum, yeah. it could be one. So it all depends. Since they just signed a elongated deal, you know, we could get Evolution next year, and then um, the the uh, Saudi Arabia show later. So who knows? But I'm just expecting a slow build. Uh, just not. I'm not expecting too much too soon. So. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, I got my hopes up. He's going to come back, and he's going to challenge uh, Brock Lesnar. He's going to challenge The Fiend. Nah, 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 nah. Slow build. Slow build. And then once that takes on, get him to where he wants to be, and he has to have carte blanche to say what he feels. And then, boom. And then you get the in-ring stuff. But that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to see him immediately come out of the gate uh, already competing for a title. I hate that already. So I don't want to see that. That's just going to make me uninterested. Okay. So, but you want him to wrestle. Eventually. What you're saying. But, but if you had to put a timetable on it, or a timestamp, how long before he would wrestle? How long would you want him to to be on the show. WrestleMania. Because mm. you think. WrestleMania is not till. Uh, April. And number one. Tickets are already on sale. I got the email. Yesterday or day before. Tickets have gone on sale. Uh, would really love to go. But uh. Yeah, <laughs> but WrestleMania gives you time to 
to to to build something if you want to do a storyline it gives it time to grow and you can test it and make sure it's good and tweak it but it's good so give me wrestlemania and and he'll be all right okay okay so for me well, I'm not even going to give my, my two cents on that. I just want to say it's smart and a decision-making by Fox to bring him aboard. Because at the time slot and uh, the in-between and the channel that Backstage is on, it wasn't really making sense on how it was supposed to get great traction over the WWE Network or even a, to come to the same level of traffic uh, with the WWE Network because there's nothing leading in. I remember we talked about that before. Now, they show SmackDown after, but there's nothing leading into Backstage to make you want to tune in uh, to Fox Sports 1. Now, you have Raw, SmackDown, NXT. They all are their own individuals. But you have a reason now to go tune in. Fox is just giving you the, the cherry that's going to attract you every week to go watch the show. And that is, in my opinion, one of the, the smartest things. Because I was like, I mean, I love the flow. I love the feeling. I love everything. But I was like, people aren't going to tune to this because it's Tuesday. There's nothing else leading in. What's going to happen? Now you're going to tune in to discover CM Punk. To discover what, it, what, what he's going to say. How he's going to react. How he's going to feel. Yeah, I, I think him and Booker T are going to have no issues. That's cool. Um, Renee Young is going to be Renee Young. Um, actually, I don't, the question is Christian. I hope they don't boot Christian for CM Punk. That would kind of suck. <laughs> like, Most ooh. definitely it would. But I was happy when he came out. And there's a great uh, uh, video that's been going through on Twitter and, and other things. WWE has been really promoting it heavy, just showing the backstage and, and the lead up and how they snuck him in and everything else to right up to the wire to make that decision. And I thought that was incredibly amazing. But I'm happy with how they set this up to be able to draw viewership in. Because I didn't want to see a show that was able to discuss things in a free space, in a free area, for the most part, without having a bunch of ridicule to end. Because nobody was watching it. Because, I mean, you know, we know SmackDown's going to do its thing, but the other way, backstage could fail, and then it was just like, whatever. Or they could just say, well, we'll just move it to the network, and then next thing you know, there you go. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I think that was uh, an ingenious move. Um, I know that Vince was aware and signed off on it because Vince's not crazy. I know everybody else, Shane, Stephanie, were aware and they signed off on it because money is money is money. And Vince many times over has fired a person that he has wronged him, that's been outspoken, has said things and done things and et cetera. But yet when it came down to cash rules, everything around me, cream, get the money. Yeah, Vince is like, dollar, whatever. dollar bill, y'all. Whatever. 
We've seen it multiple times. Hell, Hogan's back. Warrior went into the um, the Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett showed up back in WWE fold. I mean, oh, the, the list could go on. And on. how many times has Macho been back? That's that's just you know, uh, it's all in he there. So it's so smart. Yesterday, today, something like that. He tweet. Vince tweeted about he wished uh, Macho Man a happy birthday. Yeah, why not? They just had some differences. The yeah, Stephanie it, it, thing is still up in the air on he said, she said. But uh, at the end of the day, Macho was a great talent. And he's, he was a great character. Because Vince also looks at people in twofold. Um, the character. And the character governs what's best for business. And then you have the person. Now, if the person is tolerable, think Shawn Michaels when he was going through his, his life transgressions. But the character is worth it, then you just grin and bear it. You see that in sports all the time. It's so hard to work with. They're this, they're prima donna, but yet they put millions of people in the seats over the course of a year. And, you know, the GMs up are getting paid out the wazoo. So what do you do? You put up with the character and the person because it's going to do the greater good and make the most money. And that, that would be the, the same situation with uh, CM Punk. But we'll see how his role is going to play out next Tuesday. That will dictate everything else. Is he just going to be a segment contributor or is he going to be there the whole time? And then how it doesn't need to revolve around him. He just needs to be there in participation of. And I think from there... You, you can have a bunch going on, and then maybe we'll have AJ Lee uh, come back. I wouldn't be surprised, though, and I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm just throwing it out there. I wouldn't be surprised. The way no, things normally work, and this is an abnormal year because it was some hot garbage, but you have a superstar come back as a headliner for the video game, which 2K20 had none. Because you were dealing with Becky Lynch uh, primarily and Roman Reigns as the covers. So you have the headliner. The headliner then transcends into the Hall of Fame. CM Punk coming back to WWE in some fashion could be looked at as, well, you know, this could be that same segue in. We've got to figure out somebody that's going to headline the next Hall of Fame. It's been five years. He doesn't have to wrestle. He could go into the Hall of Fame, have his speech, say what he wants to say. People are going to pay out the wazoo to see it. They're going to get the WWE Network to see it. They're going to watch USA on a one-hour clip-down show to see it. Everybody's going everybody's to make money off the merchandising. And he gets into the WWE under the Hall of Fame backdoor clause, so then you see him on the obligatory WrestleMania moment. You see him on the Raw after. And then you can do things as a legend. But he doesn't have to wrestle if he doesn't want to. If he does, he's under a legend's contract. Which gives him the freedom to do what he wants to do. I was booking it. Just saying. I'm just putting it out there that that wouldn't be a bad shake of the tail there. Well, well, 
you, you talk about you booking it. Uh, good sir, you booked this months ago. About not, I mean, not down to the T, but you booked his return. You called for it. You said how it could happen. Now it's happening. So, if that's how it's going to be, trust and believe, ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's going to be. Well, I mean, WWE, they've got to do, since they didn't do what I suggested, which was, well, kind of they're leaning that way, but they're not really. Some Survivor Series is going to go and pass, and then it'll be like, okay, whatever, we're back to the norm. But we all know, in my opinion, Raw SmackDown and NXT should be on equal footing in reference to the brand consideration. I know the main roster has been our main roster forever, but NXT is putting butts in the seats. They're putting in work, and they're selling out arenas as well. You just don't have a WrestleMania or Survivor Series solely uh, around them yet. But the traction and, and the foreshadowing is there because their product is rivaling AEW. Everything else is just sandwiched around NXT so that way they can add more onto the plate versus the one big ass sandwich that AEW is given that you eat and you just get full. You're like, oh man, I don't know if I can handle it. WWE's like, well, yeah, we're gonna give you the steak, potatoes, the egg, the ham, the omelets, the 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 uh, the croissants, everything. And oh, and here's a big old thing of sweet tea. <laughs> That's what WWE's giving. Like, oh man, I'm full off that too. So to to have that happen and all three be on equal footing so that way when they did this last or most recent brand extension you had a true draft where you're really live on television pulling names and this is the show that they go to this is the show that they go to this is the show they go to and now your writers have to start from scratch for the first time in a long time and produce things new fresh because imagine you having to write a show where you have Seth Rollins versus Velveteen Dream, and then in a tag match, you have Gallows and Anderson versus The Miz and Daniel Bryan. That's just liquid gold in itself. Mm-hmm. And then you have other people just, there's no more, you have Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, but it's no more, I'm just a Raw superstar because I've been here for 18 years and this is my brand. Like, no, man, you're in NXT. And you represent. Most of them live in Florida anyway, so this is like a, a great deal for all of them. But it would just make things fresh and it would force it to be fresh so much that everybody would be paying attention to what the hell is going to happen. Because you don't know versus the expected of what's happening now. Because you can expect and script out a Raw to SmackDown or where it's going to end. You don't have to watch the match. You just got to watch the finish. NXT, you watch the match. Because it's too damn good. <laughs> uh, AEW, most of the time you watch the match because it's too daggone good. But let's be honest. You, you know, three hours of Raw, yeah, you can you can dumb that down to about an hour and a half. If we just watch the the uh, the promos and the beginning and the, end, the entrances and the end of the match. But, you know, CM Punk being back, that, that gives the opportunity for fresh conversation fresh opportunity and then we can go from there so the punk effect we will see how this plays out and we will know on his first full show 
and I don't believe that Phil is going to allow them to dumb him down at yeah. all. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So we go from that until what we were segueing into when you were discussing it, Lana and Rusev's angle. Good or bad storytelling? You obviously said you're going to put a pin in it, so I'm going to let you pull that pin out and discuss how you feel about this angle. I absolutely love it. Because, but from what I'm hearing, and I don't know how true it is, from what, well, what I heard was uh, Lana has said that she's uncomfortable around Bobby Lashley. Don't know how much truth that is, but the way they act on screen, that can't be uncomfortable. That's true comfort, and they're they're doing something. And I used to say this all the time. Wrestling is nothing but a soap opera for men because you got storylines. Well, well, and women. Oh, well, yeah, now and women. Yeah, yeah. And, And women. But you got storylines to keep up with. You got to have drama. Total Divas gives you a little bit. And I got seven episodes on the DVR that I'm going to try to binge watch tonight. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But you got uh, this whole kind of sort of love triangle thing. Everybody was eating it up. Now all of a sudden it's dumb. People all over the world. Join hands. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the wow. first thing that jumped in my head when you said that. <laughs> oh, strange. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just but, let it ride in your brain, people. <laughs> You'll understand what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm not oh, even horrible. horrible. But I, I actually like I, I like the storyline because nobody liked it when Rusev kind of broke kayfabe and he showed the goofy side. And, you know, right. nobody liked that. Now nobody likes that him and Lana are, are beefing. But it's it's kayfabe, baby. Lana loves Rusev. Rusev loves Lana. Okay, fine. But on screen, she's pregnant by Bobby Lashley. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, But I guarantee you this. She won't be giving birth to a hand. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I watch it, and I appreciate it for what they're trying to do. And this is uh, a millennial, modern-day macho man and Miss Elizabeth. Because how many weeks, how many weeks did we, like, oh, come on, just make up with Elizabeth, make up with Elizabeth, make up with Elizabeth, until that one day when macho was getting jumped, and who runs down? Miss Elizabeth. And who does she bring? Hulk Hogan. And then after it's all said and done and and Hogan helped Macho and Macho stared at at him and they were about to go to blows and he looked over as Elizabeth. He looked at Elizabeth. And then they hugged and the crowd exploded for a hug before, you know, best friends and all this other stuff, you know, for those, that was the first experience like nuclear explosion because you were just just pent up because you had to wait seven days to see the next evolution of the story and if you didn't have cable and eventually just you lost your mind when they hugged each other 
and embraced each other like they used to. And I think that we are getting that story retold in a different wrapping and a different flavor with a little bit more PG-13, maybe kind of a little bit higher up the scale in reference to everything else being in the PG programming. Because they're, they're crossing some lines uh, to stay edgy, and that's the edgy that they're rivaling against AEW. But, man, that in itself is exciting. So I'm seeing down the road the payoff. I wouldn't be surprised if Lana is really pregnant. I wouldn't be surprised if, if I was scripting it, uh, that they have Maury Povich involved in this. And Maury does a paternity and lie detector test. And in a lie detector test, it comes out that Lana slept with Rusev while Lana was sleeping with Bobby Lashley. So Lana cheated on Bobby with Rusev, but that's how she got pregnant because Bobby's like, wait a minute. This really isn't adding up. We didn't, I was gone. I was out of town. How are you pregnant from that week? So that would be the payoff that would lead to Lana and Rusev coming back because Bobby would be getting ready to, you know, just just attack Lana and who comes to rescue her. So it'd be the whole thing in reverse, Rusev. Mm-hmm. And it's found Rusev is the father on a Maury Povich show. Come on and now. Lana, Lana Come and on Rusev now. happy ever after. Come on now. Tell me the crowd wouldn't go nuts. That payoff would be insane. They can do that. They can ride the wave because let's be honest, we're in almost December. This is the last pay-per-view of major of the majors of this year coming up. So they can ride this to the Royal Rumble, which will make Bobby Lashley versus Rusev for WrestleMania. We we can we can get that payoff as we get closer to that. So Yay or nay, is it good or bad storytelling? I'm asking you guys. Oh, well, I'm uh, I'm going to say good storytelling. Because to keep up this long and not laugh, and I'm talking about Lana and Rusev and and Bobby, because they've said a lot of things that I know I bust out laughing. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't be in that situation because you're saying it. The whole, and even it's like even on Twitter, because uh, Rusev had posted a picture for Veterans Day of him riding in in a tank, and somebody said, uh, "Rusev, you probably tried to have sex with Lana in that tank." He said, "Tried." <laughs> Basically, he did. <laughs> so, I give it a good storytelling as well. I said, "I'm hoping the payoff is going to be as epic." as I just described, because I think that would be unexpected and through the roof. And it's the only other thing rivaling, storyline-wise, The Fiend. Because, let's be honest, the Becky Lynch theme is starting to get a little thin. Maybe that's just me looking at it and seeing it that way. Not saying that she's still not the man, but this time last year, ooh, white hot story. Mm-hmm. White hot story. This time now, 
watch it on Total Divas is white hot. Watching Becky and tag matches and, and this and that. Like, yeah, we're losing it, kids, because they played around too much and they did not have the villain that she needs to play off of. Ronda Rousey was the villain. And she was big enough to be the villain in reference to name and brand. There is nobody in the WWE at this moment technically and when I say technically I mean on Raw and Smackdown that is big enough to be the villain. I love Bailey and she did some work this week. Shayna Baszler is NXT. We I call for her to be called up to be the villain. So hopefully that happens after uh, Survivor Series. But if Baszler does not get called up and she's still down in uh, NXT, Becky is going to run out of steam. And then she's going to go from the man to used to be. Well, you know, another name. And I just, I watch, of course, like I always say every week, I go back and watch all the shows as show prep before we do the WrestleManiacs. And I was watching, uh, what was it, SmackDown? Rhea Ripley. Yeah, but she's not a big enough name yet. Not not she's on big. <laughs> Yeah, she's big, but so is Nia Jax. No offense. But if Nia Jax is wrestling against Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is going to win. That's just the way the book is going to go. But Shayna Baszler versus Becky, that could go either way. And that's the difference. It was the same thing with Ronda Rousey. That could go either way. So it, they both had to push and, and be bigger and drive each other and promo hard and captivate the crowd and, and really put in the work on all cylinders every time every outing in order for it to work. Shayna is already there. Her character is ironclad. She is the Baron Corbin of NXT right now. She's heel, 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 period. And she's playing her lane, and there's no issues with that at all. She's just heel. So when you put her up against Becky, that's when you have that Hogan versus... um, Roddy Piper scenario where you have just, just those polar opposites. And, and when those two lightsabers and star Wars just came out this week clash, you're going to have that resistance and sparks and everything else going off because you just got two juggernauts coming together, clashing. That is what can happen. But obviously Shane has got to be in the quote unquote main roster for that to happen. Or Becky has got to drop down to NXT and vie for two belts that way. Something's got to get. I wouldn't mind Becky going down. That would be unexpected. She beats Shayna down in NXT and becomes champion. She's Becky two belts. And she's running between those two shows. That would be unprecedented. But I doubt they'd do that. Because that would be a a traveling nightmare. And Seth would be mad. But (laughs) we'll see. Especially if it's Booga. Yeah, ain't that the truth. But if he's smart, he'd be like, do your thing, girl. Do your thing. So, Punk Effect, 
Lana and Rusev, two great things to, to expect and look for and experience over the next couple weeks. And we'll see again how this plays out because it could be groundbreaking and amazing or one of them could kind of flutter off. We'll have to see how this plays out. But until then, you have time to listen to our fellow sideline junkie, BJ, break something down for you, and then we'll be back after these messages. I've always wanted to say that. Be back after these messages. Just like that, we are back. So you know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Time to go into our weekly segment. We call it the front lines where we check the battlefield for Raw versus SmackDown, AEW versus NXT to see who is dominating for show supremacy, give the shows a grade, and then we see who's winning in their corresponding battle. So this week we're going to start off with the polar opposites of traditional sense, Raw v. SmackDown. Raw started uh, this week with their Veterans Day show out in Manchester. So we had the opening, which is a little uh, interesting, of a tag match with the current women's tag champions, the Kabuki Warriors, going against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Then, as expected, for awesome unexpectedness, Shayna Baszler interjects herself. Bailey comes out, and then Bailey also attacks Becky Lynch because if you remember last week, there was a nice little confrontation between Shayna Baszler and Becky, and Bailey was kind of the afterthought. And now Bailey in some jeans and the t-shirts out there putting in some work. It's like, oh man. Meanwhile, KG's like, nobody wants to see. Bailey at all, but huh, want to see some jeans and a t-shirt, I can tell you that much. Hey, Anytime Bailey wears jeans, I'm all there for it. All right, genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but ba- Bailey got major yamage, man. She got major yamage. <laughs> and in a sandwich. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he went from that to Drew McIntyre and Sin Cara, R-Truth, battling both Singh brothers to try to become the 24, 22 times, 748, 365, dot, 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 pi, champion. Uh, you know, it's nice, but it, they're running out of stuff to do with that belt, too. Hey, she listen to me. But, you know, then we go to something interesting. Seth Rollins cut a promo in the middle of the ring. And I don't know if it's just because it's the European side, but he was getting some booze. He issued an open challenge, still getting some booze. Walter comes out with Imperium from NXT UK. And then we get a nice little fight that turned into a multiple tag match with uh, the Street Profits and Kevin Owens coming out. And Randy Orton coming out. Uh, And a couple of things was going on in that match. So we had that. Andrade versus uh, Cedric Alexander, about to call him the Alexander. All that to lead up to the best storyline of the show, which is Lana and her pregnant but not pregnant announcement. Um, which that was worth the, the, the whole entire lead up to just to get to that point. We had Eric Rowan versus a jobber, which was pointless. 
And then uh, we had the OC versus Randy Orton, Umberto, and Ricochet. So that was Raw. Okay, show. SmackDown side, though, we opened with Corbin, Rude, and Ziggler. And it's basically a big promo fest to set up for Rude and Ziggler versus the short one, the G1, and Ali. Another really match of just trying to prove that Shorty G and Ali was worth being involved in major storylines. You had Braun Strowman in a promo-ish thing with Drew Gulak and the B-team. Then we get into the SmackDown's main storyline. Daniel Bryan having a declining Sami Zayn's offer. Which led into the New Day versus the Revival. Uh, but then we had another NXT interjection of the Undisputed Era. Bailey cuts a great promo with Sasha Banks in tow. Looking pretty good. And then we have uh, NXT, a women's match, which again had more um, NXT interference with Rhea Ripley and, and Shayna Baszler. And a lot of people was just all up in this women's match, which was great to see. But that was all to set up for Daniel Bryan or the, the new Daniel Bryan or not the new Daniel Bryan, not the old Daniel Bryan, but just kind of going back to the old Daniel Bryan beard, goat face looking Daniel Bryan. Because we really don't know what to call this version of Daniel Bryan since he's saying he's mentally unstable. So we don't know anything beyond the fact that they are giving the long term payoff for the Yes Movement to return Daniel Bryan. So, in the midst of Ms. TV, where we had the same heat between Daniel Bryan and the Miz, we have a special show insert of the Firefly Funhouse, debut on the new belt, and leading to Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend at Survivor Series. Uh. And that is SmackDown Live. So the two major drives between the two shows is Daniel Bryan's storyline and Lana Rusev. And that's what, in my opinion, the battle is really about on those two shows right now. Which storyline was the best curated this week? And I'm going to have to give that to SmackDown. I'm going to have to give the A to SmackDown. And I think we could do this uh, every week going forward. Well, Mark 1 is the A being the A show of that week and B being the B show. Or they both could be Bs or both could be As. But I think those are the two uh, grades we'll give them over the course of the week, if you agree. That way we make it easy and fair. Agree. But I'm giving SmackDown the A. And I'm making Raw the B-Show this week. And Lord knows Lon and Rusev was good. But the emotion, when Daniel Bryan cuts one of those promos, you know you are watching Liquid Gold. You are in for a treat. And then the fact that he was playing off Bray Wyatt. And then they had you foaming at the mouth, hoping for when Bray said, all you have to do is just say one word. We all know what it is. 
and you were hoping for Daniel Bryan to just say yes to a championship challenge. Just not to just chant yes, but just say yes to the championship challenge. And Daniel Bryan says no. So then you have the no movement going on. And man, it was just so well done that I had to pick SmackDown over Raw. So you can tell me how you feel about it now that we had the quick recap of the shows. But SmackDown's got the A for me. Now, normally I, I would have to play devil's advocate and go the opposite way. But I got to agree with you. Yes. Yes. You, number one, <laughs> the debut of the new belt. You know, I'm partial to blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I loved it. I, I, but I even I, I showed it to her and I asked her for it. She said no. Yeah, it is available on WWEshop.com. Yeah, she says, I'm not done, so don't show me no belt and no, you can't have it. I'm like, damn. Oh, man, I'm, I'm a household name now? God dang yes. it. Yes. That's a scary thing right there. So I'm associated with the belt peer pressure, so I'm automatically <laughs> the heel in this situation. Is that what you're saying? I'm no, the no, bad no. guy? No, no, that's what you're saying. I'm the bad guy. No, 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 no. She, she, as soon as you say something, yeah, baby, I was looking at this, and uh, Don told you about that too, huh? Oh. See, the thing is, if I get it, I, 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 I might have to come down and be your roommate. But if I come down and be your roommate, I could buy a lot more. But I mean, anyway, mm-hmm. the, 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 I, I could I could probably stock up on a lot of belts for us. But anyway, 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 the, one of the main reasons. Uh, I'm not even going to say main. Another reason why I gave it to uh, SmackDown. Uh, the New Day versus the Revival. And I remember it was a point in time when the Revival was ready to ask for their unconditional release. Mm-hmm. Now, they're one of the top tag teams in WWE. I think they're one of the top tag teams in wrestling. I, I love the way the cohesiveness of the Revival. I just, I enjoy watching them wrestle now. But, uh, the promo that the New Day cut before the match. Shout out to Big E, you know, shooting his shot at Megan Thee Stallion. You know, she's something that this earth needs. But uh, I, I kind of enjoyed that part. But SmackDown was more entertaining. I, I kind of wish that SmackDown was three hours long this week and Raw was two hours long. Raw, outside of uh, Lana and Rusev, it didn't really hold me. I mean, I thought SmackDown was on that road, too. But it it got back on track and got to give them an A. Got to give SmackDown a B. So, I mean, I'm sorry, I got to give Raw. Oh, about to say what? Yeah, yeah. Get SmackDown an A and Raw to B. He's about to get that B down. He's about to get that B down. let me change that. Raw gets the B plus because that Lana and uh, Rusev angle kind of saved it. I agree with that. So that's the main show, allegedly. Let's talk about the other battle, the other fight of the week. AEW. To which, you know, guess I'll have to say it just so that way KG feels better. 
the coming off the pay-per-view full gear, the Baltimore first Mariner Royal farms, whatever arena that you want to call it, you know, the pay-per-view that I made all the right picks and beat him on there. You happy now? I said it. Gosh, peer pressure. You have to twist my arm. Trying to they they, they nice weren't all week. right. It, I'm sorry, it, say it again, it, what? Don't, don't. They weren't all right. Just I'm sorry. Just In honest. a football game, do they spend most of the time on how many interceptions you threw or the fact that you got the W? I don't know. Depends on who you are. Well, this ain't sports center. So obviously we focusing on the W. Because I know that's all the sideline junkies cares about. Y'all just talk about the W's. There we go. What? What? Oh, sorry. Was I getting carried away? Supposed to be a little bit more toned down today. Sorry. I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize, KG. I did not need, mean to bring up the fact that I crushed you like Rusev. Um, so, AEW versus NXT. Who won? Who was the better show? AEW is the post show from... Full gear. NXT is coming off a week of putting that work on multiple brands. Let's get into it. So, AEW. Open. John Moxley versus Michael Nakazawa. And the fact that we also discovered that Kenny Omega was not cleared. Um, so, that's where we opened. So we start off with the Mox, already hyped, already just ready to explode, already to go crazy, feeling himself in Nashville. Then we have still kind of not feeling him per se, reference to entrance, the Dark Order versus uh, the Jurassic Express, which did have the return of Luchasaurus this week, which was good to see. Sean Spears versus Darby Allen. Marty uh, Janela versus uh, uh, Spears. The I guess you call it the official debut of Nala Rose. And then we have Brandy Rose coming out with Awesome Kong and still doing his voodoo angle, so Awesome Kong is cutting hair. Okay. We're still kind of moving. Then Jericho has his promo, and MJF comes out, and they're doing a a nice little back-and-forth battle over who's better at screwing Cody over and and why Cody sucks. We got a Juventud Guerrera reference on some OG WCW. That was exciting from Chris Jericho. And I gotta love the hoovy juice. From there, Pac versus Hangman Page. Again, that is like the Cesaro. I'm not trying to relate it to because it's guys that are on people, but that was like watching the rubber matches between Cesaro and Sheamus. Those guys put everything out there, and you don't even remember who Neville was. Pac is the character that you know. At this moment, and that intensity, I know Vince wishes he would have him still back at WWE to have that level of intensity to be able to put that level of workout. And Hangman Page, man, 
is is amazing. So then the Young Bucks get their ass whipped by Santana and Ortiz doing a commercial cut-in, which was ingenious, by the way. Normally, they've been just doing kind of teasing, having the fans being shown and stuff like that. Next thing you know, we got a beatdown happening doing commercial break. It has a nice little edge up on the WWE side of things. And then we end with SCU versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And Scorpio Sky actually pinned the champion to end the show. Interesting. As Jericho was earlier talking about how there's nobody to challenge him. But yet now he's been pinned by Scorpio Sky. That's an interesting setup and showing how the the new age look that they're going for the fresher viewpoints the more opportunity that they're doing on the AEW side of things to really throw that curve so we've got tag champ one of the tag champs beating Le Champion at his own game with a schoolboy roll up basically small package which uh, Scorpio said you can't call it a small package because now we know this is a big package because I beat him with a small package twice <laughs> so that was an interesting show but then coming off of CM Punk being on backstage not that it was needed to hype we've got NXT and here's the flow of NXT. Angel Garza versus Leo Rush for the championship. And I know what you're going to say. His wife was there. His mama was there. His mother-in-law was there. His kids was there. I think the, 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 the family pet was there. Everybody and their mama was there to see Leo Rush <laughs> wrestle. So it was kind of interesting. Like, I know KG's like, there's the wife. There's the kids. And all this, this ain't even TakeOver. I guess they figure come to this show and don't show up at TakeOver. But you have that match. Barn, burner, damn good show. Even though they did set up, which is good, so you can have another match with the controversy over Angel Garza having his foot on the rope doing a three count. But the official decision stands that Leo retain the championship. Then you have Zia Lee versus Aaliyah. Finn Balor. Cuts a promo and calls out or talks about Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle in tow shows up, the bro bros, and attacks Finn Balor, setting them up for Survivor Series. I'm sorry, for TakeOver, doing Survivor Series. Undisputed Era comes out. Ciampa comes out. Keith Lee comes out. So all kind of craziness is going out, leading to Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee. Damn good match. Isaiah Scott versus Bronson Reed. Good match. My man Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane with the, the, the jump in from Damian Priest. I imagine that's going to be a triple threat at some point. And then we had the main event. The first women's ladder match ever on NXT television. Being Eel Shirai versus the HBIC Mia Yim. And the winner gets War Games advantage. All I got to say, just like the internet has said, is that Yim 316 was born 
that night. That was arguably one of the best ladder matches that has happened in a long time. Those women gave it their all. They put that work in. Mia Yim got busted open and still finished the match and still ended up on SmackDown. Broke her nose, finished the match, still ended up at SmackDown. I mean, they put in some work. So we had two strong things going on from the grading perspective. We had AEW on a storyline building show is really what they they gave us. They built a lot of storylines and setting up for things. Since Full Gear was the last pay-per-view, so now all they got to do is just set stuff up for their road to WrestleMania, which better start in January because they need to be putting some, some ridiculous extravaganzas leading up to April, first and foremost. So that's what AEW gave us. They gave us uh, foundation for the future. But NXT gave us pre-takeover level event. And it wasn't really the go-home show. So I have to give NXT the A and AEW the B this week. Because there was a lot of strong performance with not as much storyline building, just wrestling performance and action. And that is what tipped the scales. Not just the one match for the main event, that was amazing, but everything that was uh, preceding that was just strong. So I had no choice. I had to give it to NXT being the A-show this week over AEW, despite what the... Um, the ratings will say the better produced show was NXT this week. That's me. You tell me how you feel, sir. Do I have to give one a B? Can I give them both an A? You could, yeah. That's where I'm going. Because AEW, just to see somebody do a swan dive off the top of a forklift as a forklift driver at heart been a forklift i've been driving forklifts since i was 16 years old it made me smile it really did i enjoyed it but um aw was hot fire this week and nxt was too i can't choose between either one so i gotta go double a there and i'm not talking on anderson Okay. I'll let you uh, toe the line, so to speak. <laughs> so, oh, and don't forget, we had a a a, a good old botch on uh, Dynamite when uh, Cody went for it. Would have been a vicious power slam if he'd have got it, but yeah. uh, he, he couldn't get it over. Well, he he, he popped for it sooner than. Jericho was ready for it. He was already in mid-turn before Jericho committed to the flip. But they pulled it off to the second one. And, I mean, you know, they had good reading. Blamed it off. His equilibrium was off and stuff. He's still kind of out of it. So I was like, okay, that's kind of believable. We'll, 
we'll, we'll let that be what it may. But yeah, that 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 was a, a, a legitimate, it is what it is type of situation. But I do love that he has adopted the gold dust drop down smack in the face. <laughs> and does it equally as good as his, his brother. But before we wrap with AEW, I gotta say, some people thought it was unnecessary and gratuitous coming off of Jericho and Cody. But the match between Moxley and Kenny Omega, man, that was that was brutal. Those guys really put their bodies on the line. I mean, a suplex into the bed of barbed wire. I mean, wow. I'm. I mean, it was pay per view. They couldn't really show it, but man. That was plum insanity. And great to watch. Does that need to happen all the time? No. That should be like a once every six months type of event for Moxley. It shouldn't be something that we're referencing or dealing with all the time. But it was good to see. So I just wanted to, I mean, I know you loved it. Yeah. I don't even know I have to say, you know, I wanted to know what you thought about it. I know you loved it. Hardcore. But now, speak. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I, I think uh, Vader smiled down from heaven. And, and, and time. Cactus Jack was just absolutely loving it. Oh, yeah. He's happy that he, was, he didn't have to be part of it. <laughs> that was his thing. But before we go, I have to ask you, because I know how I feel about it. But out of all the ones you have experienced... And if I remember correctly, you're old enough to have been around for all of them. Do you think that Survivor Series 2019 is going to be the best Survivor Series to ever be done? Jeez. And there's been a lot of greats. Yeah. From the OG traditionals to what's come all the way up. That's a lot. Uh, of opportunity there. There's a lot of matches that you're just sitting there and there's just one guy left up against three and John Cena beat everybody. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you, you've just seen some insanity all the way up until it hadn't even happened yet. But with the card lineup that is manifesting, do you think it is the best one ever? The way it's shaping up, absolutely, positively, you got NXT invading every show. And it's only a matter of time before Survivor Series hits SmackDown, Raw got to invade NXT. And a combination, yeah. One one large everybody. And they got to take the fight to them. Mm -hmm. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be one that uh, I think I might gather the whole family up for this one. But hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Let me think. That's 24. Okay, we good. I can gather the whole family up for that because uh, Deontay Wilder fights on the 23rd. So I got boxing on Saturday night. 
uh, Survivor Series on Sunday night. Yeah. I think this is going to be on the level of, uh, I can't even remember what Survivor Series it was, but you had uh, the Ultimate Warrior, I think the Road Warriors. You had a lot of good people all in one team. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember which one it was. Well, I mean, that, that's so many. I mean, you could just spend the whole entire day watching all the traditional and untraditional matches on the WWE Network. But I haven't been this excited for uh, a Survivor Series just in pure spectacle of everything that is being produced in a long time. And like I said, it hasn't even happened yet. And the funny thing is, not only do we have something of this magnitude happening from the match card lineup that I mean, I was almost tempted for us to do picks for it this week, but they <laughs> haven't finalized the card yet. But we still have TakeOver War Games the day before. So we've got just epicness, because I'm running out of adjectives to, to describe the damn pay-per-view. And then we still have arguably one of my favorite matches of all time, a men's version and a female version of War Games, the match beyond. Whew. Next weekend is going to be insanity. Yes. Insanity. So let's just call a spade a spade. AEW is going to take the L next week. I'm sorry. That, that's that's one of those times like it's WrestleMania week time. You're just going to have to take the L on attention. There's nothing you can do. You just need to do another building week. Don't try to do nothing epic and crazy. Just let it be what it's going to be. And then you prevail the following week. That's, the sm- that's what I would do. That's the smartest thing. Sometimes you just got to give the opponent the win because you know what? That's just too big. We would hurt ourselves trying to, to eclipse that or even try to match that at this moment. But that's just me. That's just how I look at it. But the way AEW gains steam and traction every week. So it wouldn't surprise me if they put something together. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could do some, some good stuff. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad show, but you just need to not, not try to put too much out at one time. Let it ride and then just really dial it in after. But you know, that's that's just my point of view. You know, it's only about thirty five cents right there. That thirty five cents normally gets stolen and then uh becomes something else and now it's millions. But hey, at least it started with a quarter and a dime. That is true. have to live with that. So I still say cut the check. Yeah, they probably cut me a check for a quarter and a dime. <laughs> <laughs> like, here you go, sir. I'm like, well, that's going on the wall. But speaking of uh, quarter and a dime, you might as well go ahead and tell us where they can hear our two cents every week. Well, of course, you can hear us right here on Anchor, Radio Public Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whichever you prefer. Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, 
Podchaser, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Player FM, and Podtail. Mm-hmm. Give a preview and, of what y'all going to talk about tomorrow. Well, wow, shoot, you want a preview for tomorrow. Number one, we got, we still got to break down as a group. The NFL brawl went to go see a game and a brawl broke out Thursday night. We got to break that down. We got to break down uh, Colin Kaepernick's workout today and him changing the venue at the last minute and only eight teams showing up, but still looking good. Still looking like he can play in his league, you know, despite what some people say. Um, just NFL news, period. And then you're going to get us two times tomorrow. You got to get us for a pregame and a postgame. Mm-hmm. So, stay tuned for that. And the match of the 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 day is going to be your Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans, right? M- my Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you better take the better win streak when you get it, man. <laughs> don't you? Don't you go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, DC, but you go ahead. Be like, yeah, them skins, man. We just got it. No. You could be diehard, but it, yeah, you better take a DMV win for a DMV win, uh, potentially. Yeah. Don't, well, give it, don't give it to the Texans. Texans got I, enough. I'm, I'm, I normally pick Baltimore anyway. It's very seldom that I pick against Baltimore. <laughs> but Lamar Jackson versus um, uh, Clemson uh, alum, oh, God, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That's going to be a, a game right there, the rematch. Now, I'm going to say this. I said it Thursday night when uh, me and Delonte were on for the Thursday night throwdown. We've been talking about Lamar Jackson since the, before the 2018 draft and how he was a first-round talent, how he should be a first-round talent, how he, if he gets he a is. chance, he's going to shock the world. Mm-hmm. He did it. Lamar Jackson, I'm not even going to shame uh, Deshaun Watts because we said the same thing about him. I, I love being able to prove people wrong about it and say, you know, hey, I told you they were going to be good. But those are the sideline junkies quarterbacks. When I say that's my quarterback, that's who we're talking about. We're talking about Deshaun Watts. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. Two absolute beasts killing the league right now. Mm-hmm. Those are our quarterbacks. Yep. I agree with that. And the only thing I was mad about, uh, watching some coverage this week, uh, ESPN, one of the analysts, uh, made mention of the fact that there hasn't been a quarterback as explosive and that's able to do what Lamar Jackson is able to do. And I was yelling at the scream like, so Mike Vick doesn't exist? Pretty much. Like, really? Is that, is that what you're saying? So, I mean, we've seen it before. Like, we've never seen anything like this, and we never will. I'm like, no, you just saw it. You've seen it again. But mm-hmm. Mike Vick was putting that work in down in the A. <laughs> Woo! Like it was nothing. The only difference is Mike Vick get hit. Oh, he's out for the season. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's like, you know I'm going to run through you, right? Just felt you should know. Truck stick. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that was playing out, um, but you, and you I know hope what? he does not make it on the Madden cover. Do no. not put that man on the cover of Madden. Sorry, guys. Do not put that man on the cover of Madden next year, year after. Okay, 
let us let us this is closest we may actually come to uh uh, getting the ring in Baltimore this year may be the year. Just call it a spade a spade a possibility. I'm not booking it. I'm just kind of speaking it into existence because if they get there, it's they're gonna be hard pressed to be able to find a defensive stop for what Lamar Jackson can do. And you know, I'm, I guess we kind of giving a show pre-show, but tomorrow, I mean, it's not gonna be on Watson. And Jackson, the big battle is going to be between their offenses and defenses. That's it. Now go ahead and speak to that. Well, it's not much I can say because you to deal with a beast like Lamar Jackson, you gotta. He's gonna keep you up. You got a game plan. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Houston was off last week, so you've had uh, 13 days to game plan. Yeah, you better come out with something. But then on the other hand, Baltimore got a game plan for Deshaun Watson because he he makes defenses look dumb. So I, I can't wait. That's gonna be, I think that's gonna be game of the week. I know it's gonna be nationally televised. So, oh man, I think I need to be front and center for that one. I'm not worried about Redskins Jets. And there you have it, the preview of tomorrow's show, Sunday Rise, brought to you by the Sideline Junkies, Saturday night. We do our own cut-ins, because <laughs> that's what we do. And that's how you end the show right there. <laughs> hey, that's it. Uh, he's the people's choice, Don Rodriguez. I'm the big guy, KG. We are your undefeated, undisputed, unmatched, unrivaled. <sighs> Un- I said undefeated. Yeah. We, we we just tops, man. We the bee's knees. We are your world. I'm sorry. Your universal tag team champions. Whole universe. We are the WrestleManiacs presented by the Sideline Junkies. That's it for us. We need to go get some sleep. We are out of here. Peace to next week. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas. Sideline Junkies 24-7 at gmail.com. Junkies out.